This is iFanboy Pick of the Week, number 629, brought to you by Harry's. Harry's delivers a close, comfortable shave at a fair price. Go to harrys.com slash iFanboy and claim your trial shave set now. And iFanboy listeners like you. Podcast. This is episode 629. I am Josh Flanagan, and with me today are two people because I had to cover for that. Connor Kilpatrick is back. You had to make up for last week. Yep, that's what it was. I just felt so alone, so <laughs> alone. That joining us this week is also our buddy, Doctor Ryan Haupt. Doctor, not doctor? a doctor yet. Soon. Doctor, doctor. Can you tell me when? Because doctor. I'm never going to not use that. Oh, I don't. If I could get it on the schedule, man, you and I would both <laughs> sleep easier. <laughs> can we stop? Can we not do the show and just talk about that? Let's get this uh, real. Nice. <laughs> we are a fanboy, and we almost have a doctor. We <laughs> talk about our stack of books every week, sometimes with near doctors. Uh, one of us, usually not the near doctor, picks their favorite book, and we call that the pick of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about that book, other books from the week, patron pick, doctors, and maybe if we have time, some lister mail, I hope. You know what? Doctors need to write in. That's my request. We could also just you know chuck the books, and we can go over Ryan's thesis, right? Your doctor, I mean, doctoral thesis. Yeah, you guys want a quick rundown of, of sloth, paleo, and modern ecology using stable isotope methods and a variety of taxa? I'm sure a couple of amateurs like us could find a way to poke some holes in that balloon. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I that's you know that's what my this is a practice defense for me. You guys might we as well be my committee it. members. Yeah. Well, they do yeah. they do you do peer review, but how about just completely unqualified peer review? Just what about the claws though? What is a sloth? <laughs> a great question. I'm glad you asked. Sloths are the closest living relative of the mighty anteater. You know, Josh, we that's, did something like this in college. Yeah, we did documentary research class where we had to present to a panel of documentarians and get uh, uh-huh. holes poked in our. We are almost documentary doctors. That's true. I do know that I got I got slaughtered in that. It was oh god. I'd actually like blocked it out. Now here we go. Anyway, this is supposed <laughs> to be fun. Are you guys having? We actually are having fun, but I know that there's a line that we cross where we're having fun and you are not having fun. And I think we're right. We got our toes on that line. Here's your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about the stuff that's in the in the books. Uh, the thing about spoilers is they're fun if you have read the books, and they're right. not fun if you haven't. And that's another line that we tread, I believe. We try. So there's going to be spoilers. That's your problem. You, you've been warned. Pick of the week this week is Captain America number 700. Connor? Yes. This was a weird week. Doctor? And it has nothing, your to, choice. nothing to do with this book itself. I had, I think, about half his number, the number of books I have in a regular week. And I, I checked to see if we were in a fifth week. We're not even at the end of the month. I was very confused. And then it was like not a super strong week. So honestly, there was no contest to Captain America 700. Written by Mark Wade and Chris Somney, with art by Chris Somney, colors by Matthew Wilson, letters Joe Caramagna, and then a backup story, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, this is the culmination of Wade and Samney's run. Wade is not leaving yet. I don't think this is Samney's last issue, though. So this is the last issue of the team together. As we head towards the Todd and Hasey Coates, plus various artists who are definitely not the Neil Francis U on the reboot. 
at first I was like, oh, this is a weird story to tell on for 700. But then I thought, you know, it's not that weird. This is kind of like that big, goofy science epic that gets to the heart of the character that makes sense for a, a big 700th issue like this. And I really, and obviously I really liked it because it was the pick of the week, but this was terrific. I, I haven't loved this particular arc, but I think this is my favorite issue of this arc. On a very unexpected Back to the Future-esque ending and a couple of really uh, emotional moments. When I was reading my books, I, I thought, I don't, I don't know what I would make my pick of the week, and I was very glad. And then you, you put that in there, and I was like, yeah, I guess that's probably the one, I think. <laughs> that defines this week pretty much. Yeah, it, I mean, it, like, it was good, and it was really interesting, and it was beautiful, but I'm not, I don't know that it, it blew me away. This was more sort of in retrospect, and also there's, there was a strange, I don't know, this, this little storyline seemed to come from out of nowhere, yes, and then totally the, the run ends really quickly, too, so I feel a little like, like, remember, I, I think it was, it was my pick of the week, there was that Craven issue, and that was the moment that started this whole thing. And when you start that, the I guess it was just the last issue, it just felt like, what, did I miss something? Didn't he fight these guys in, his, in the very first issue? The, the, Maybe. That was also pick of the week? Yeah, this was like the group he was going after in Nebraska. Yeah, so this, this, this has the been the culmination of their plan. The entire yeah. short run they've been doing. I take a lot of blame for that stuff. But in general, like, it snuck up. It happened really fast. Everything was changed. It wasn't like when I Remender, you, when Remender right. sent Cap to... Uh, whatever that world hit, he was in through that whole thing. Like, Dimension we were Z. there for a while. Yeah, that's it. I really like that. It just wasn't what I thought I was going to get out of this run. From no, for sure. Things. And I feel, it was, I feel like this sometimes happens to Wade, where they they need to fill six months on cap. or at the, It used to be six months. probably was three months. And they just throw Wade on it. And I don't feel like he gets to tell his epic Captain America story. He kind of did it originally when he first came on the book in the 90s, but then he got taken off it for Heroes Reborn, and then they brought him back to fix that mess. And here he's just, he's just sort of filling the hole before the next reboot, and it just feels like it's a fun story. And you get back to this issue particularly in a second, but it's a fun we'll, we'll story. We'll talk about why we like weird, it, other than why it's weird. No, it's just a weird, it was, just, it was a totally weird story. But I liked this one a lot. If, if you haven't been reading it, Cap has been flung into the future in which the far-right group that he was fighting has taken over after detonating a nuclear bomb in New York and taking over the government, and here he's, he's leading the resistance. They finally beat them in the, into the last issue, or at least beat the, the leader. And here, Cap has been leading the, the new government soldiers as they've been trying to take back the country alongside Ben Grimm and, and Bruce Banner and, and a bunch of ragtag people. And it seems to be going pretty well, but it doesn't really go that well. The nuclear bomb ends up going off in New York, and I really love that page where it's the mushroom cloud on one panel and it's Cap's reaction to it. And you can just mm-hmm. see the heartbreak in him, which is a testament to the power of that Chris Somney gets out of very few lines on the page. Mm-hmm. Look at his eyes. He drew sadness, which is a really hard thing to do. And then Cap ends up getting sent back to the future, or to the past, where there's a second cap, very much... I think that cap is off to go get the plutonium from the Libyans. <laughs> no, he's, he's at the end of two issues ago. He right. just has escaped from Craven. He goes back to the moment in which he was originally frozen in ice. Well, not originally, frozen for the second time. You're right. For, originally life. frozen in this storyline. He goes back to that moment and end, ends up defeating them. But in doing so, he has to die... And I was like, what is happening as he's getting melted on, on the rocket? Is he stopping the nuclear bomb from going off? And then somehow that allows original Cap to free himself from the ice. It's a very 
headache-inducing time paradox situation happening, which I'm sure Dr. Haupt can explain to I us. I was in thinking a about it a lot, actually. I'm not going to lie. I, I, was, <laughs> I was too, but not the same, not in doctor ways. <laughs> a diagram may or may not have been drawn. <laughs> I just liked, I mean, it, you know, time travel doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you try to explain it, you're in a losing battle. But I like that weird sort of time travel symmetry. So, in essence, Captain America never remembers this adventure because the one who did died, and the one who, who was alive never went on it. Nor do we as readers or him as a character get to hold on to any lessons learned in his future experiences. Of so that the cap, himself and, yeah. yeah, the cap here didn't so so the story literally doesn't matter <laughs> you know what Almost i mean as if nothing makes sense and nothing matters uh, you know what it makes sense i'm okay with how much it makes sense but it, it like genuinely doesn't matter because nobody took anything out of it which i think is an interesting we the reader took something we experienced yeah. it I've, well, we I don't remember. interact directly with the story so unless it's great we witnessed his ultimate sacrifice in an echo of his birth or mm. or you know not his birth but the I, I, his original his original being flung into the future, he, he jumps on the rocket and instead of, you know, redirecting it down, it, he blows it up and with him on it. I thought that was a very hard sequence to watch as he sort of starts melting on it. You know, it's actually, this is actually more impactful than when he was shot in Captain America 25. Yeah. In terms of like a death, like, oh, it's a real thing. Because like this one's not, I was just about to say this one's not coming back. And then I went, eh, I can't speak to that. <laughs> Well, like someday they're gonna bring this one back too. It's second cap. You wait eight years from now. There's another Captain America is gonna show up, and who's this guy? It's gonna be this one. <laughs> yep, he'll be all battle damaged. So I liked that story a lot, and then this, the nice surprise was I tried to sort of cursorily look up uh, what happened here, but I didn't, I couldn't find any articles or interviews with Wade, so I'm not sure exactly. But it looks like Mark Wade rewrote a short story by Kirby and Lee. Uh, cap story. Or they had some pages that got you know penciled and inked, but maybe never lettered or possibly. I I didn't I couldn't find it. Maybe if it's out there, people can let us know. He said he tried to find pages where the lettering didn't block any background art and didn't require like significant editing to kind of rejigger. So this was an original story that was published and he just redid it. No, I think he actually stitched it together from previously published panels. Oh, Jesus! Yeah, he said it was a lot of work. <laughs> that really sounds like a lot of work. Um, I did. I also just kind of skimmed the article, but that's kind of what he was saying. Also, it's super difficult to do this when you've got your jaw on the ground the whole time. Yeah. So, Wade, so Wade took some some Kirby and, and Lee stuff and uh, re- made a new short story with it, and I loved it. It was great. It was. It was very great. And I was like, well, look. I, it's funny because I was looking at it, going, I don't remember this. What's <laughs> this from? Is this from that big omnibus I have? <laughs> Not to. You know, downplay Chris Omni's art, which it would be impossible to do because it's fantastic. But really, I was like, I was like, can everybody see this Kirby art here? Colored pretty adeptly and intuitively by Matt Wilson, I want to I want to yeah. say, like, it looks like it should. It doesn't look like in the past when they've tried to color, you know, classic art. There was way too many gradients and way too many fancy tricks on it. And he just kept it. He kept it cool here, which I think was the right way to go. But yeah, I mean, if 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 you've heard us talk about Kirby or heard anybody talk about Kirby before, and you can't see what's what it is that we're so excited about in these ten pages, then uh, you know I'm sorry. The big the big fight sequence, um, the nine page was great. Batrock. but but to me the my favorite panel was the first time we see Batrock where he double leg kicks the shield. Oh, yep. so good. That's my favorite panel, and that's and the thing is, if people don't understand Kirby, you have to look at the art in context of the time. It's kind of like when you talk about the Beatles, like how things. Yeah. 
you know, to, to modern audiences, it's, it's what's the big deal? But you have to understand that no one drew like that at the time. No one drew a panel that dynamic. And it's such a cliche to, to use dynamism as a, as a compliment for Kirby's mm-hmm. art because he basically created comic dynamism. But it's so dynamic, even to, for today's standards. There's a couple of things. What's funny about that one is that he's actually fully inside. I've noticed as I was reading this, all the things where basically he had framed the characters and the figures actually like that their action was inside the confines of the panel, mm-hmm. but in an interesting way. Um, so that one that you're talking about is a really good example of it because the the posing is very extreme and interesting and it has motion and flexibility and it looks, you know, active. But if you look at the first panel on the next page mm-hmm. where, where Batrock is like winding up with yeah. a punch and his, his whole body fills up every part of the panel yeah. in a really sort of interesting and cool yeah, way. Super exaggerated. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but it's great. You know, yeah. it's like the anatomy of the figure is important, but also like he's stretching it just to the end of what is credible. Yes. And all that cool sort of foreshortening and he shouldn't fit in that area, but Jack found a way to to make it there and it's just it's so him. Yes. And also it's so superhero comic book. It's you know, this is the language. This is the original version of it. Plus great great angry red skull. Great to see Nick Fury again. And we're going to talk about him in, in later in the show. Yeah. We never see Nick Fury anymore, so it was awesome to see him and it's just in, in this short story which Cap just has to get a little thing from point A to point B, and he's got a lot of obstacles in the way. Uh, when you add it together, the first part, I mean, once I read this, I was like, well, I mean, it's got to be this. Yep. Yeah. You know what? You know what's? Uh, sorry, I have a new favorite panel. <laughs> it's on the last page, yeah. the second panel, where Cap is curiously studying <laughs> what looks like the Moonlander tiny brain in the in the, in the, the Nick Fury's hand, which is in the foreground. Yeah. That's great. Imagine, I mean, you want to know why Mark Wade did this? Because he got to write something for that. I mean, look, look how in the foreground those fingers and little brain are. Yeah. They just don't see that kind of thing. Like, none of, none of what I'm looking at makes sense, but it's beautiful. It's uh, great. I like this Captain America 700 pick of the week. I was surprised to see. I thought this was Wade's swan song, too, but I guess not. Um, hmm. or, or I could be wrong, but they didn't mention him. They just said the new ongoing artist next month, so we'll see. So, Josh, did you read Thanos 18? I did at the last minute. Ryan? Well, I put it on the script because you guys <laughs> talked about 17 and said 17 was so good. Uh-huh. And so I, I took your advice and I just went ahead and read 17 completely. You know, didn't read the first 16. And then 18 the last issue. So come on, guys. Donnie Cates only, I think, I think the listeners told us, only started with issue 13, I think. So really this okay. storyline's only been the last four issues. I just, I just don't have the muscle memory to pick up this book. <laughs> but I did. I read it. Oh, I didn't read it. Oh, you blew it. Well, because I, I know, but I, I thought about it, and there was discussion even on our Patreon page, either on the Patreon page or the Patreon Facebook group. I don't remember where. Basically, you know, are they going to read it? Are, are they going to have that one perfect moment? I was like, yes, I'm going to have that one perfect moment and not, and not read 18. I may have blown it, but I didn't talk about it. That's fine. Go, go for it. Because death has arrived for a wedding, but which Thanos will she marry? Let's kill each other. End of story. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, I mean, it was like everything. Here's the only thing I would say to, to you, Connor, because mm-hmm. I don't know who else to talk to, is that it really is like it's it's sort of the second half of the book. Okay. And so to read 17 without t- 18 is like finishing half of your burger in a way. And so it doesn't healthier. feel like there's a capper that like now this will end it. It's just the other part of what was happening. It's missing the second half of that conversation. All right, I'm on the right now. 
I have criticism. Yeah. This this death is basically being written like a mute version of Vertigo's death, and I was like, I eh. had that same criticism. It's weird. Yeah, that part was I thought a little out of place. Yeah, I I'm a bigger I, fan of the the Marvel skull faced death. Well, that's what that's what makes Thanos's uh, infatuation with her interesting. Certainly, in in if we go all the way back to the Infinity War, there's like, is that what the original book is called now? Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet. There you go. Um, did you notice that Captain America short story is called The Gantlet? And I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> but basically, the whole time he's trying to win her affection, and she's just this mute, motionless skull. And I think that's way more interesting. I th- she was a beautiful woman in, in Infinity Gauntlet. Was she? Yeah. I always see her as a skull in my head. I haven't read it forever. But either way, she's not a cute, like, button Panic pixie yep. death girl. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Is that what she is here? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. She's adorable. She like makes little gestures with her hands, and she does like the you know you know the the emoji the ah, that one. She's like got she very come hither eyes. Yeah, the young Thanos to old Thanos does say the line, "No one kills Thanos but Thanos," which I think yeah. is great. I think every second of the Thanos Thani talking to each other is really fun. Yep, um, and the, and the sort of way that this story progressed in their characterization, and because when the one says, you know, oh we I I understand. Yeah, I'm here to kill you. And then everything that takes place in the conversation is that is really interesting and thought provoking and, and like, well, that this there's really cool choices to be made that go through the whole thing. So, yeah, it was fun. And the art was just as much fun as it was in the last issue. And I, I love the weight of the of the fan eye in this. So then the fight ends when young Thanos says enough of this. I've, I've broken you to old Thanos, grabs the time stone, opens a, a time boom tube walks through it and then literally booms yeah <laughs> that's and be. and then death refuses the advances of old thanos who's now alone because young thanos made a different choice and now that old thanos ceases to exist well everybody hold on i'm gonna read it right now okay let's wait here <laughs> i'm gonna read it it sounds i mean it was i enjoyed 17 obviously so yeah there were like two or three twists that took place in the, like the last five pages that made it really well done well, there you go. Did anybody read The Dead Hand, number one? I did. I did. I liked it. I didn't love it, but it was probably the closest I, thing to uh, runner-up to pick of the week. I read it, but when you said it, I literally didn't remember what it was. <laughs> and so I flipped over to the app that I'm reading it in, and I'm looking at it, and I still didn't remember what it was. And I thought, that's not a good sign. I laughed very hard on the second page when I saw the costume design. Yes. So this that was the only disappointing thing, for really. The Dead Hat number one from Image Comics. Kyle Higgins is the writer. Stephen Mooney is the artist. Jordi Belair on colors. Clayton Callis on letters. Good good team on here. Stephen Mooney of, of Ireland. He's an Irishman. What has he, he drawn before? I couldn't tell you specifically. A couple of, like, he's shown up on a couple of things here, and then I've checked out, like, shorts he's done. But uh, let, me, let me look. Overall, I really like his style, though. I, although he did get a little photo reference in places. And then I saw a couple of times where the... Faces were just straight up, like, copy and pasted from page, panel to panel. But other than that, I, I did like his style. This is a um, Cold War. It starts in the Cold War. Russia, A bunch of American spies go into Russia to either kill or kidnap some nuclear scientists in one of those uh, Russian uh, science towns, the secret Russian science towns they had. Oh, if only I could go there. He did a book called Half Past Danger with IDW, hmm. which okay. I kind of remember. And uh, then we, we jump to the present into the strange small town in which the original spy who went on the mission who wears a weird superhero-esque costume 
is now sheriff of the small town, and there's weirdness going on, and there's a big reveal. I don't want to reveal a twist necessarily because I don't probably not a lot of people read it, but the twist was intriguing enough that I was like, oh, that's interesting. Basically, a uh, British journalist stumbles out of the woods into the small town. He was he had been he got lost in the woods hiking. And everyone is very suspicious because there's a reason why he shouldn't have just stumbled into this small town. It's weird that they photo referenced me when I'm hiking. <laughs> the guy is very bedraggled and tired is the joke there. The art has a um, an epting quality to it. I it guess. does have an epting quality. That's a good, which, which you know, then, then harkens back to sort of a 70s sort of angle heart quality if I was to go that way. So I like that. But the costume uh, design, I thought, when he's like the super spy, was mm-hmm. very Ultimate X-Men or Brian Hitch yeah. in the early aughts. Not, a lot right. of straps. Things just kept I don't getting like, strapped. I don't like any mask that looks like they're blindfolded. <laughs> I, re- I really hate that. They did that with the Cyclops uh, we yeah. talked about recently in uh, the, the Metal series, the, the Batman Who Laughs. Yeah. I have a problem with that. It bothers me. Even if you have drawn on Spider-Man eyes, I'm better with that. I don't like... <laughs> And what if those eyes were to glow? Unless the thing about the character is they're blind. So there's the one in the Inhumans, the one with the cards. Mm-hmm. I can't think of his name. Reader. He has like, yeah, Reader. He's blind, I think. So he has like a, a blindfold. I've always liked it when they do Daredevil with like, that you can't really see his, like his eyes are clearly blocked off. I think right. that's fun. But I, I need the character to be blind for that to be okay. <laughs> just, just so everybody knows they can set up comics according to my personal <laughs> What did you guys think of the story? I don't think I finished reading it now that I'm looking at it. <laughs> well, I think I started to read it, got distracted, and, and, and forgot to finish it. That's what I think. So I, I almost, I almost I wished that we had more of just the guy as a kid and then the guy as the sheriff, and I didn't really need the super spy stuff. I didn't find that that set up the mystery as intriguingly as like the small town-ness of it all. But um, other than that, I mean, I thought it was an intriguing first issue. They packed a lot into a first issue. It's kind of long. Yeah, it's, it's extra pages. What's interesting is I, I see where I didn't get past. I opened up that first page and I saw what it was like. And it was just, you know, 1991 Soviet Russia. And I was like, yeah, you know, all yeah. right. And then November 91 and you see Lenin and then you turn the page and I see like like a garish superhero costume. Oh, I had the same reaction, but I pushed through. Well, because I didn't know anything. I literally didn't know what it was. I just looked at the names and I thought I need to read something else. So I started with that. I'll have to report back for the second issue. I'll give it a shot. You know, that aside, because it is the flashback part, and you would assume most of the story is going to take place in the present, which he's sort of the middle-aged sheriff now, as opposed to the young super spy. So if that's just the past setup to the story, then that's going to be fine, I think. It's fun. It's a different kind of genre. It's a little superhero, a little spy story, a little war story, uh, a little small town story. So there's, it's not like most of what Image is putting out right now, which I liked. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the next issue, if, if only to see where this is going because it was a really interesting twist at the end. Same. Uh, Ryan, I did not read Oblivion Song number two. I think you and I no, talked about didn't? the first issue. No, I I thought about it and I just thought, you know, I I don't want to. <laughs> oh, I, wanna, I really wanted to hear what come after it. And I... <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, I'm in mourning for Invincible. I loved that series all the way through. And sure. so now that it's over, I'll probably read a, a fair number of Kirkman number ones until I find something else that scratches that itch. So I'm giving this uh, maybe a maybe a pretty long leash to mm-hmm. to get me. Oh, um, you guys talked about this on the week that I wasn't on. Yes, I think I read it, but it it didn't really it's make. It's about the, the weird 
alien dimension thing where the people have been kidnapped and there's a small group of, of rogue yeah, scientists it's, who are it's, trying to rescue them. Yeah, I have enough of that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> my what? comic book life. Well, let's what? No, no, he has enough of rogue scientist adventures. Well, you know, it's it's, uh, it's got to be really good to make me go. Oh, that's the story I want to read. So this was obviously written and created by Robert Kirkman and Lorenzo De Felici on art as a co-creator and uh, colors by Annalisa Leone, letters by Russ Wooten. And we start with a little bit of flashback, kind of a Cloverfield-esque scene where like somebody's snapping a photo of a cute scene in the city as the event happens. So they get the event in the background. Mm-hmm. And it's more of this one guy's kind of solitary quest to go back into this uh, demon dimension where part of the city was transported and rescue people. And in sort of an interesting convergence with some storylines in The Walking Dead, he realizes that the reason he hasn't been finding as many people as he goes back is that the people who are stuck in this demon dimension, time is moving more quickly for them. So they've been surviving for longer. So they've built a colony inside the demon world. And so they're actively hiding from him because they've already formed a a society and a community in the world. I, I do I do like rel- time relativity stories. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You just found Josh's button. Yeah. Uh-huh. You want to see Matthew McConaughey cry as he watches oh, his man. girl. It's the one great thing that uh, Orson Scott Card brought to my life before he was dead to me. <laughs> that was very specific again. So you're, you're going to have to. I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know you do. I have, I have no doubt. Me. That was like, oh, my God. So, Ryan, as a, sec- as a second issue, how did it compare to the first I didn't like this as much as the first. I had a harder time following exactly what was happening. But I'm interested to see where this artist goes with his face acting. Because right now everything's a little exaggerated. And I imagine he'll kind of uh, settle in as the series progresses. Um, Italian, right? Italian, yeah. Exaggerated. That's just Italy. (laughs) This is how they are. Oh, no. (laughs) I've been misled. So I'm I'm intrigued. Sorry, Always go after the Italians when Ron's not here. <laughs> Listen, they're just, they're just hardworking immigrants trying to make a living, Josh. Oh, God. <laughs> get letters. <laughs> I won't be able to understand them because of all the swearing and like, <laughs> It's really hard to write a letter when you're gesticulating at the same time. Um, <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> wow. All right. Oh, so I'll, read, I'll read the next issue. Yeah, you liked it? It's okay to go after Italians like that. It's, Wait it's, a minute. I just thought about the mob. Let's not do it. It's, it's all in good fun. Avengers 688. Ryan, are you still reading this? No, I can't keep up with a weekly book. It's too much. I don't understand why any of this is happening. But I am enjoying it. In the printing schedule or the, the plot? In in everything. I don't know why they decided to make the Avengers book randomly weekly. I don't understand. I mean, I don't know that the story supports this much i mean this has been going on for what feels like years i don't know how, how long but it's been at least five or six issues and that's a lot of story for what's essentially the race for the broadcast energy transmitter i think partially maybe 60 to 70 percent of why i'm reading it is because hawkeye's in his original purple costume for it i'm in but <laughs> um <laughs> Like, at the end of this, it really feels like it's wrapping... I mean, it obviously feels like it's wrapping up, but when I turn to the last page, I fully expected to see to be concluded, but no, it says to be continued in seven days. I just don't know... I don't know how long we can sustain this pace. Well, a real question. Who is that for? Like, who wants it weekly? 
I don't know, and it doesn't feel and, and big enough for it. And that doesn't feel like I just don't know the reasoning. Like it feels it feels very much like a really fun late '80s annual story that would have taken place in an oversized annual and been you know 70, 80 pages, and we would have had a really fun story in which the game master is challenging his, I guess, brother to a you know to the title of game master, and they they decided to have Earth as the playground and. And like that feels like to me, you know, that classic story that Haw- when Hawkeye beat Game Master by you know pick a hand, that's one of my all-time favorite Avengers moments. It feels like this would have been an awesome double-sized issue in in like 1988. I mean, there must be some math that they do where they figure, well, these many people are going to end up dropping off at the beginning, but this many people are going to buy all of them, and then we've not necessarily sure. quadrupled our revenue, but they've you know probably increased it by 30% at the end. But in the end, they actually lost readers. Sure. I, guess. Still, I just don't know why. I don't understand. Short-term gains, really. I mean, that's what it seems like. But also, I, you know, to, I'll be positive. Maybe they thought it would be fun or it would be a challenge or that, you know. I mean, sure. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm enjoying I wouldn't be reading it if I, I thought it was bad. Sure. I think the art's strong. Uh, yeah, the art's a, great. There's obviously been a bunch of artists on it, but it's all, it's all the similar style. Just as Kim Jacinto and Stefano Caselli, it looks really good. And it's been focusing on characters who are not necessarily always the stars of Avengers stories. This one is a lot about Quicksilver and the Hulk. Hulk's back. Who is now alive again. You know, I just I just don't understand. But it's fine. Um, Hawkeye's in his costume. That's the most important thing. Yeah, he is. It looks awesome. I don't know why he is. Well, isn't, and then, like, Thor's there, and she's alive in this. Yeah, it really doesn't really make any sense. Very similarly this week, Deathstroke was in his, his classic costume, and I was in, a, in a, another book I read, and I was like, I don't understand why anything anything's going on right now. I'm just looking at the last page of this one. We assemble this thing, and, and like, yeah. so you wonder, well, you've got this trade-off here. Is it okay that Hawkeye is back in his costume if you're going to put that thing on Sam Wilson? I say, yeah, that's a fair trade-off. That's fine. <laughs> I see Cannonball back there. He's no longer Penance. No, was wait, it? was that Cannonball or Speedball? I'm getting those mixed up. Speedball, uh, speedball was, was penance. penance. Okay, Cannonball, Cannonball was the guy with the fire thing. Yeah. Squirrel Girl's there, obviously, for some reason. Squirrel Girl is always there now, apparently. <laughs> Wonder Man, I kind Good of remember Wonder Man. Wonder Man came back for some reason. Yeah, now he's a pacifist, which is really annoying. Because every scene he's in is like, we shouldn't be fighting. It's like, okay. I get yeah, it. That he's, is like, dumb. He's, he's like a vegan. He was so much better when he was a movie star. Yeah, just be, I mean, guys... What has all this fighting ever solved? None, nothing. Nothing. Just I'm trying to be entertained here, Wonder Man. Yeah. Don't make us think about that. That's not why I'm reading a weekly Avengers book. <laughs> Do you want a guy in a soap opera who says, listen, if we all just sat down and talked about this reasonably, we could figure this out. No, That's you don't want that funny. guy in a soap opera. That's only funny if he gets beheaded amusingly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way that pays off. I'm not kidding. I like the other side of it. a decapitation. He's pretty powerful. Yeah, he's all he's he's ionic energy made solids. He's not really even human. Yep. So then hands. he comes back and he's got he's over it. That's fine. That's one end of the story. The other end of the story is that he's just always fucking pedantic and they kick him off the team. Then the other one is he goes back and then he feels guilty all the time, which ugh, I've had enough of that in comics. <laughs> there's no end to there's no there's no there's no end game. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Mm. And there's two wasps and rogue when everyone's an Avenger, no one's an Avenger, I think. <laughs> Write that down for a t-shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> Avenger 688 continues. The story continues forever, I guess. I don't know when it's going to end. It doesn't the say. story continues forever, <laughs> I guess. 
Oh, we we are great at, at unattractive catchphrases. <laughs> so, <laughs> like things that don't sell anything, but are like, that's true. It is horrible. Yeah. Hey, Josh, you know what I love most about shaving with Harry's? Keeps your face smooth. It's a close, comfortable shave at a reasonable price. That Those, those are all things I look for. What more do you want? You want Wonder Man to punch things. And you want a close, comfortable shave yeah. at a reasonable price. I do want Wonder Man in his 70s jacket. Yes. Also. Just, I can't leave that there. I recently went on a trip. Obviously, last weekend I was out of town, which was not a show. Took my hairy stuff with me. Had a nice, close, comfortable shave. Looked classy when I went out. And honestly, it's weird to say, but you know, I've been shaving for a long time. I'm an, I'm an old man. And you can feel the difference when you have a good blade versus not a good blade. Your, your sure. my skin feels different after it. Even not just the blade, but I have the cream. You know, Harry's mm-hmm. has the cream and the gel, and I sometimes alternate. But mm-hmm. I have the cream right now, and, the, and I, my skin feels nice and moisturized after I've shaved, and not even using any moisturizer on it, just from the cream itself. It's just really high quality products. That's what I like about Harry's. It's true. Do you? Do you I like the cream. Mm-hmm. Are you a daily shaver? Yes. Yeah. See, I don't have to do that. I mean, like some, like like a random Sunday, I may not shave. Well, no, I know that, but like for the most part, you're doing it every day, which yeah. is that can be quite abusive on your face. Sure. Uh, after a bit, I don't, I don't have to do that because I'm kind of lucky in that way. I mean, I can't look manly, but it's a trade off <laughs> that we make. Is skin on your face is sensitive. Um, yes, that too. I have very sensitive skin, and so I don't want to have to do it all the time. But like I said, I still, I'm not having, you know, my skin's not breaking out or, or freaking out after the after the hairy stuff. And the good news is like. They're good and it's fine or whatever, but it's also like it's a good price, so I can change them more often because you know my earlier days of like, well, I gotta hang on to this shit. I had to talk to somebody to get it, yeah, at the store, and they had to unlock it, and then the blades were nineteen dollars each, so I was hanging on to them just as long as possible. They were rusty. You get all those rust cuts, just coated in bacteria. It was it was bad, so I don't do that anymore. And Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they've created a special offer. For our listeners, and you can claim yours by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. We'll tell you about that in a second. And the Harry's founders were fed up with paying for overpriced and expensive razors with unnecessary features. They knew a great shave came down to great blades made with sharp, durable steel that lasts. And that's why they bought that factory in Germany that's been making the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years. And by selling directly to you over the internet and cutting out the middleman, Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand. Just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more. And here's your quality guarantee. If you don't love the shave, you let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you your full refund. That is standing behind your product. And now here's your offer we mentioned earlier. Get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, which is a weighted ergonomic handle, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover, which I used also last week. And how do you get that? You get the trial set by going to harrys.com slash ifanboy. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash ifanboy to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show. We actually had a listener, Josh, I don't know if you saw, who wrote an email to Harry's, and, and they BCC'd us on it to, to, to thank us for introducing them to Harry's and let them know that we did it. And we really appreciated that. I really... Made my day reading that, so thank you. It helps them know that uh, you're enjoying the products we talk about on the show. Absolutely. Let's talk about Detective Comics 978, in which Javier Fernandez is still drawing this book. And it makes me so happy. But also... It looks great. It looks terrific. Also, look, I'm always going to be a Dick Grayson guy. Always. However, it just feels right when Batman and Tim Drake are teaming up as Batman and... Stupid Red Robin. 
Yum. It just feels different than Batman and Damien. It feels like whenever Damien's around, it's about Damien being an asshole. That seems to be the main point of whenever he's in a scene. Whereas, it's too bad they can't do that Wonder Man Damien crossover. <laughs> Wouldn't that be fun? Whereas here, it's just Batman and Robin doing their stuff and not about anything other than that. And it feels right and it feels good. There was a story recently, was it last week, about... Oh, yeah, it was. It was in Deathstroke about the question of Damien's parentage. And I was like, yes, let's do this. Then I realized it wasn't going to happen in Deathstroke. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. For this short moment, anyway, with Javier Fernandez drawing it and Tim Drake and Batman together, it feels like we're getting as close to a good place as we can get in this situation. All right. I really don't like people who aren't being friendly with Bruce calling him Bruce when he's in the Batsuit. Yes, that's true. Clark can do it. Uh, Batwoman's dad can't. Well, they're they're relatives. I know. It still bothers me. He's Bruce's just uncle. Un- it just gets under my skin. I see. What you think it's suppo- I think it's supposed to. All right, put it on the board under the blindfold mask thing. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> but way below glowy spider. Oh, I mean, that's. Oh, why did you bring that up? <laughs> if one is glowing spider. All right, so we got we got pacifist Wonder Man. <laughs> pacifist Wonder Man's in two. Just well, in what we have right now, we got glowing spider. Okay, if one was Electro, yeah. pacifist Wonder Man. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Falcon's shoulder pads fall? Oh, I don't really read it, so it doesn't really bother me. I don't want You know what? Let's just put them all out there. I don't want to rank them yet. So just okay. so we know, we've got glowing spider, yeah. Falcon shoulder pads, pacifist Wonder Man, Damien, <laughs> just in general, <laughs> over familiar addressing of Bruce Wayne while in costume. That's specific. Yes. And then anytime Tim is wearing a suit where they have to figure out a way to non-awkwardly put two R's instead yes. of one R. Oh, I was going to say, once you were talking for a while, I thought this is going to be dumb. But when you finished it up, I thought, yeah, that goes on a list. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, I don't do this a lot, but I need somebody to make a master list of this. And okay. you're, if you start, <laughs> no, if you start this, then you have to keep it going. <laughs> and every time we complain about something, I want it on the list. And then at the end of the year, I want to see the list. And when you write in to tell Josh you've done this, you must use the phrase, don't worry, I got this. Because <laughs> that'll just complete the circle. I think that's going to be really fun. To, that's going to be more fun than Connor reading his numbers. <laughs> so when we go back and we say, all right, here are the things that we've complained about in the last... <laughs> and you and can't, put, you can't put our getting old and our bodies hurting on the list. It's got to be comic related. I agree. I mean, we shouldn't even put that in the show, but we can't help ourselves. <laughs> my shoulder hurts all the time. <laughs> I just don't have time to exercise, and it really... Josh, New Superman, The Justice League of China. I, I took this opportunity for the new title to stop reading. I was going to ask, because really my main discussion point in here is, why am I still reading this? <laughs> it was a fine book. I really did enjoy yeah. New Superman. There were some really terrific issues. It was picked week at least once, but it got to the end of that natural into that story before they added the Justice League of China to the title and I thought you know what I'm good I'm good I enjoyed this and I'm, I'm, I'm good yeah that's kind I'm of, really kind glad of this book exists and I'm glad Gene Yang gets to write it I just don't know that I need it I, I worry that if I stop reading it it makes me a racist well I mean you are <laughs> I mean I'm, I'm, <laughs> he's worried that it will expose were, 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 you not, were you not here for all the Italian talk earlier <laughs> Those are other white people. I think it's fine. 
At least now. A hundred years ago, not fine. Now, fine. I'm Irish. Come on. No, I like I I think you're right. I think it like naturally concluded itself. And I and what Ryan said was also right. Like, I do want it to exist. I have just had enough of it, but I want it to be around for other people and I want him to keep working, but I don't want to keep reading it all the time. And I think that that is the inherent problem with comics. It could be, and I don't know the story behind it, but, you know, it feels sort of like a fable situation where the story ended, but they kept it going. And obviously I I haven't read it since then, so I don't know if it's still... Well, if they kept it going, I mean, just just for for example, this week Scooby-Doo Apocalypse number 24 came out, but the Flintstones was canceled. Was the Flintstones canceled or did they end it? I mean, it was. It had to be a combination of both. Who is I reading think. Scooby-Doo Apocalypse? If you are reading Scooby-Doo that's, Apocalypse, please let us know. Books, this this book, New Superman and Justice League of China, is 22 issues in. Maybe people are buying it. Maybe people are buying it who weren't buying comics before, weren't buying a Superman comic before, and that's really good, and I want that to keep going. And it's kind of interesting, but I've also kind of had enough of it, I think. All right, that's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But I don't want to cancel it. And I'm kind of like, oh, I'll keep reading it. And we brought it up and it's it's fine. But it is it's fine. It's like now it's just a superhero story and it's fine. There you go. Turtles. Yeah, so in my quest to replace Invincible in my life, when I saw that Kevin Eastman is still contributing story to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I picked up Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 81, story by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Waltz, script by Tom Waltz, art by Dave Wachter, color by Rhonda Patterson, and letters by Sean Lee. And this is the aftermath of the war with the Triceratons, which is a race of dinosaurs that look like Triceratops. Um, I remember them from the yeah. old, 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 old comic. Yeah, this scene, I mean, this references a lot of the old stuff I remembered. I haven't picked up a, I, I feel the way I do about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the same way I feel about the Simpsons. It was very important to me then, and I can't understand why it's still going. I often find myself recognizing the fact that Simpsons is still on and going, oh. Yeah. And so Splinter is now uh, separated from the Turtles and is in charge of the Foot Clan. Casey Jones has his own gang of street toughs. In, and yes, there are, wearing, there are some wearing vests. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the Rat King, who is, an, I guess, apparently a character from the 80s, who's kind of a Pied Piper, can, can play music and hypnotize people, is going to be the new threat. Listen, New York in the 80s was a rough time. <laughs> a lot of rats. And I can imagine why they would create a character called the Rat King who's a Pied Piper for rats. There you go. I thought this was pretty fun. It ends with the turtles going into a different dimension where they get attacked by some ninja frogs who have an umbrella katana, a dust mop, and uh, some banana nunchucks. And I was like, that's just wacky enough that I'll probably pick up the next issue. Is it black and white? No, it's not. Obviously not. Nope. There's a colorist. Yeah. Don't mind me. Dave Wachter is a good artist. He is good, and he actually draws, like, the turtles all have different, like, physical shapes in addition to be slightly different colored. So you've got, you know, like, Donatello is very tall and lanky. Uh, Uh Raphael's kind of a squat bruiser. It's uh, it's good. I believe that Mark Michelangelo is a party dude. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Donatello does machines. Did you... I don't know where I don't know. You know what? Every time Ryan comes on, there's a discussion about the fucking turtles, which I love, but... Well, didn't Just this happen last time general? when you and Paul were on? You guys were talking about the turtles? I don't remember that. Some sort of allegory. The turtles were an allegory or somebody was an allegory to the turtles. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. We did talk about how like you can map most fundamental personality traits to, to one of the four turtles. They're archetypical in that sense. Let's move on. Okay. There's a moment there where a silence and it wasn't dead air. But it was all of us doing the math on that. <laughs> it's, it's bad radio any way you look at it. But we were all like, hmm. And then we, we, we either came to a conclusion or didn't before somebody realized that we were recording. Darth Vader 14, <laughs> we're in the Star Wars corner. Josh, I can't believe they killed Darth Vader at the end of this issue. I know, who knew? 
right? I just it's again I, like it, this book's really it's pretty good. I, I don't know why Giuseppe, I don't know why Giuseppe Camicoli is not a bigger name because he kind of can do everything. Maybe that's what it is. Like he's just kind of so good at all the stuff that that no one can pin him down. That's what we were saying about Stuart Eminem for years, too. Yeah, I guess he's, he's definitely got some of that, too. Basically, we have some Jedi left over who were not killed off in the Purge who are showing up. This has been really, like, it's been really fun. And, and like, it's different than the Kieran Gillen book. But there's sort of this, you know, dark menace to... Duh. He's a, he's a, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Josh, we know. I don't know. It's 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 been fun. I I find myself really like looking forward to it in a different way than I did the Kieran Gillen one. I also wanted to touch on Star Wars colon Thrawn number three, what? which I had added to the script later, and I even put the creative team there so that you put it in easily. You know what had happened? I saw you did it, and I was like, I already did the Darth Vader creative team, and I moved on in my brain. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I wanted to mention it because I had read the first one. I think when it came out, and I went, eh. And this week I saw that there was there was I I caught up. I, I read two and three. And and I don't remember a ton about Thrawn other than he was pretty cool when I read it 20-something years ago. More than that, buddy. I'm going to read this story written by Jody Hauser, and it's really fun. It's like, if you imagine, it's like imperial bureaucracy and scheming. And so you're, you're watching how Thrawn sort of came to power and how he's really smart and how he's clashing with the other imperial heads. And, and they don't like him because he's not human. And so there's like this little slight comment on racism among the Empire, which is super valuable to our society, I think. Well, that was always the best part. That's what, what always annoyed me about having aliens in the Empire was that they were supposed to be racist against aliens. Well, it's here and they touch on it. But at the same time, Thrawn is super good at what he does and so uh, there's factions fighting against there's like th- like he's find himself in the middle of a moth battle not mm-hmm. battle you know like like a struggle power for, for power purposes. struggle a power struggle um you've got you've got moff Gotti versus grand moff tarkin and then this story is about this girl who's you know home she basically her family had a mine and it was a mine was taken over by the empire and so she basically like uh, schemes to move up in the Empire and turns really ruthless, which is sort of a fun twist. And there's lots of uh, good Moff Tarkin in here. And also the art is actually really good. It's in that sort of not photo realistic, but when you look at it, Tarkin, you're like, oh, that's Tarkin, but it doesn't creep you out because it mm-hmm. doesn't look like it's some weird morphed up thing. So that's oh, Luke Ross. You remember him from yes. um, Jonah Hex mostly, but a lot, yeah. a lot of other stuff. So it's interesting that Thrawn is such a powerful character that he survived the EU purge. Yeah, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that the other stories are still canon, but there's no reason they can't bring him in, basically. Right, but like they basically wiped away everything that had happened outside the films and started over. He was but, a really good character, though. So yeah, they're probably I, I what happened. I disagree. I just fascinating. They look back and go, "Well, who's somebody who we can use going forward?" And then, "Well, this, this." Well, he was great. So it's a fun little miniseries. It's sort of you know adult fiction, political intrigue and stuff. All right. Well, that's the books we wanted to talk about. Over at patreon.com slash ifanboy, that's where the, every week the patrons get to vote to add a book to the rundown. And this week, the voting started off close, and then one book exploded out into the lead and never looked back, that book being Exiles, number one, written by Saladin Ahmed, who just wrapped up Black Bolt, up by Javier Rodriguez. And this is the first Exiles comic I've ever read. Never read any of the Judd Winnick. No, I never did. I was a big fan of the Judd Winnick stuff back in the day. Judd Winnick, Mike McCone was the original artist. Um, mm-hmm. It was, yeah, they were really good. I mean, it was basically like getting an Elseworlds every arc. Right. But with the same team of heroes moving through it. So Exiles is this, it's been centered around a character, Blink, as she has in, in various 
series has traveled through other Marvel dimensions. Yes, Marvel has a multiverse, and here is no different. Just right away, I want to point out something. Yeah. The cover, first, I loved Black oh, Bolt. So yeah. I was very excited to see him move on to something else. Then it was something I was like, oh, I don't know that I'm really into this. Because it was, what was that show with Jerry O'Connell? Sliders. Sliders. This is like that, but with the superheroes, right? But they made up all new yes. mutants to do it. Yes. Not really my thing. Partially because I don't like it when they reset every week. Either way, you see the cover, and it shows everybody. And then you go to the inside cover, like the credits page, and it has blacked out the people (laughs) with question marks who I just saw (laughs) on the other side of that cover. Who is on the team? I don't know. Flip back one page. There they are. I already looked at. Oh, I forgot. Oh, this will be fun. And then we Uh, mentioned it with Captain America 700 uh, about old Nick Fury. Yeah, this annoyed the crap out of me. I hate... I hate what they've done to Nick Fury. I'd sort of forgotten it, and to be reminded of it was really, really started the book off on the on the wrong foot for me. It's sort of like when they made Hal Jordan the Spectre. It is, but somehow worse. worse, because at least Hal Jordan's character was a character who spent a lot of time in the cosmic realm, whereas yeah. Nick Fury is about as grounded. I mean, I get that he ran S.H.I.E.L.D., and but like he's about as grounded of a character as you can get, and to have him be this cosmic watcher on the moon... Is about the dumbest thing that Marvel put that on the list. Whoever skewing the list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually whatever his name is. The one eye watcher, not watcher guy. Who's he called? Watu. What's he? No, no, I don't. I'm fine. I'm, don't the put Watu on the list. <laughs> the unseen. There it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got a new bit, guys. <laughs> it's the best thing that can happen on one of these shows. <laughs> It's just, it's delightful. So, like, I just counted. I, the first eight pages of this, I was like, uh-huh, what, yeah, okay, what, whatever. I mean, it, it's almost a no-brainer. Anybody with some skill can do the let's put the team together issue and make it compelling. Yeah. As long as the ideas are strong. You know, the first thing is we see Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, old lady Ms. Marvel. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's it's going to a well, but it's interesting. And yeah. she's She's been through some shit. It's the age of apocalypse for the inhumans, basically. Yeah, then we cut over to Iron Lad, who I haven't seen in a while. And I thought, oh, that's fun, because I know in my head, oh, that's Kang, which that <laughs> doesn't love. hurt. And then I do. And then Kang shows up, which is awesome, because whenever young Kang shows up, old Kang has to show up. <laughs> and then and then later, Amortis yep. has to show up, and it's it doesn't get old. Um, and we've, and then, so we've only put together half the team. That was the bummer of it. Was yeah. if you're gathering the team, you should gather the team up. Maybe I'm not looking time forward to whatever that Wolverine cartoon thing is, so I'm fine with that. Chibi Ween, Chibi Wolverine. Is that what that is? Chibi Wolverine. Well, that's yeah. the style of, of that character drawing, but yeah, whether or not they make it explicit. But I'm I am not... looking forward to Tessa Thompson style Valkyrie. Oh, like that. But is it Tessa Thompson style Valkyrie, or is it actual like she's going to go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Mm. Ooh, interesting. I don't know. Question. Can you put that Wolverine thing on the list? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about it, and I could Josh, be wrong don't abuse, later. Don't abuse the, the yeah. list. Let's, let's look at it. Slow it down. Slow your look roll. at it. But here's the real question. Is anyone going to read the second issue to find out? Yes. I really liked what he did with Black Bolt. Right. I, and I really like the Exiles. I'm just an ex- Exiles fan here. Probably. Probably. Interesting. Javier Rodriguez. I like it. It, but I didn't love it. The art. I didn't love the art. I liked the art. I didn't love it. I don't know if it worked for this particular kind of story. I'm okay with it. Kang face was a little weird. It was a little weird. Like, it's like Kang face was a little Modoc facey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a very indie style, which can definitely work, but this is a big cosmic story, and it was a weird juxtaposition for me. I don't mind that. I'm kind of okay with that. I also really like, I'm just looking at the Kang page. I'm basing pretty much everything off this Kang page. Yeah. Um, he has this awesome looking space weapon, and then the sound effect is coming out of it. It, yes. it just says blam. I think they maybe could have done better than blam, because that's sort of a, a blam is sort of a one-time sound, whereas this right. looks like it's more of a beam it's, sort of thing it's, it's, happening. It's a sustained shot here. Huh? Um, yep. Oh, yeah, like that. that yeah, that's a little too high pitched, I think. But Kang's tunic is on point. <laughs> Look, it's stretched on the bottom, on the top of his legs a little bit. <laughs> we're getting a, a Kang upskirt shot. Is what we're getting. Yeah, but but <laughs> no, there's nothing bad about it. It's it's. <laughs> Look how great that gun looks. It's a good, I don't even it's care a good that panel. That would have been a panel of the week, probably. Yeah, I might check it out. I'm kind of curious to see what happens next, but I didn't love the issue. Yeah, it was fine. So let's do ratings. 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 I'm going to give ratings. it a three. 3.5. I'm going four. I would have gone 4.5 if there wasn't so wow. much stupid Nick Fury unseen stuff. Oh, lost fuck. Up. I'm giving it a two. <laughs> <laughs> Whole point. Yeah. Well, they wow. lost a half point for me. but. And then sticking with it. I'm going to reserve the right. You just said death. earlier you were. Yeah. Yeah. I might check out the second one to see if they're actually crossing over with the cinematic universe. I think that I will probably check out, but I don't see myself sticking with it for a long time. Unless it's great. That's where I'm going. I'm sticking with it. I'm not committing to a year. What's interesting yeah, I'm is, with it. is that, and I don't want to get into a rabbit hole about Nick Fury, but obviously he was originally supplanted by his son who looks like Sam Jackson as movie synergy. But then Sam Jackson was sidelined in the movies. So... Mm-hmm. There's no reason for have Nick Fury be sidelined anymore because we haven't even seen Sam Jackson in years. He's coming back for Captain Marvel, but I, th- I feel like that's a flashback. I don't know. But it just occurred to me that the reason why the Nick Fury was shackled to the moon was because Sam Jackson was around in the movies, but he's no longer in the movies. So mm-hmm. maybe bring him back. They don't even use Nick Fury Jr. Well, I mean, they have a chance. There's that to James Robinson series. Yeah, it's over. That we all loved. They have a chance to do, I was going to say regular Nick, classic Nick Fury. Classic Nick they Fury. Should just, they should just put classic Nick Fury, in, like cast somebody to do him in the movie. It would never mention it. Just change it. Hasselhoff? Yeah. Sure. All right. So there's your patron pick. Go to patreon.com slash ifanboy. Every patron can vote on the patron pick every week, and we thank you, those who do. Also, if you're a patron and you give it a $5 or higher level, we give you a dumb superpower on the show. Josh did a good job last week giving out four. You didn't bank on that, did you? <laughs> it was literally right before I started. I went, oh, no. So, I mean, the yeah, it was thank you. So let's start it off by thanking Oasis Podcast, who is one, two, three, or four people. I don't know how many people Oasis Podcast is, but I guess, I guess you all get this power. Or maybe just one of you, and you can figure out amongst yourselves who gets the power. Or maybe the only one person hosts the show. I'm not familiar with the Oasis Podcast. But thanks for being a patron. And uh, the Oasis podcast can induce dry mouth in anyone. Uh, you want some antihistamines over there, buddy? Always. <laughs> Connor's always on antihistamines. I'm like the Hulk. <laughs> I, uh, I take them seasonally, but if you know anything about the D.C. metro region, it is cherry blossom season and I am dying. Yeah. <laughs> dying, people. So... As a weapon, he, the Oasis podcast can weaponize Dry Mouth. 
All right. I mean, it's it's annoying. I don't think it's going to slow anyone down in the least. It might be like say that, like if he doesn't like somebody and they're about to give a speech. <laughs> First of all, like, sorry, excuse me, sorry. But also, Josh, imagine you're out mountain biking and you come up to the climb. I, I only have to dry- imagine I'm out mountain biking at this point. And, but then suddenly, if dry mouth struck in that moment, it it would it would be very unpleasant and difficult to to finish that ascent smoothly. Okay. Question. Uh, it's always like that. If I take a, a sip of rejuvenating water or fluids from my either osprey Excellent or question. Bag, does that cure the dry mouth or is it sort of a chronic dry mouth? Like, can he just cause the onset of dry mouthedness, but then. What's the persistence? Mm-hmm. Until, yeah. uh, you can, you can, you can drink water and get rid of it. <laughs> it just has to, they, they, they'll just engage it again. So basically, it's a one-time removal of moisture from the <laughs> area. Yes. Yes. Where does that moisture go? struck again. All right. Yeah, it's just, it's just, I mean, yeah, obviously. I'm trying to figure out how many people host Oasis Podcast, and I can't tell. So you guys can figure it out. We have an unspoken rule here, and the rule is that you're not supposed to use somebody's name to give them right. the power. Correct. However, we don't have any rule about the next name after one. So James Earnshaw, Uh you know how uh, Firestorm has the ghost head who talks to him? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. James Earnshaw has two heads that are talking to him all the time, and it's the Gallagher brothers from Oasis. (laughs) Constantly (laughs) in his head, telling him their opinions, what to do. Are they arguing the whole time? I was going to say, I mean, that I, my question is, can they communicate with each other? Or are they oh, both yeah, yeah. Okay, so they can You're, hear each other, and they can talk to him. You are always in a small room with the Gallagher <laughs> brothers. Man. <laughs> Your advice oh. is shit. James, it looks like today is going to be the day. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I if you're a songwriter, him? maybe. Do they have Basically, instruments? Basically, every second song, he'll go, put a maybe in there and just <laughs> let, it, let it ring a little bit. And I think you're going to find something there. Yeah. Do the they Gallagher have, Brothers. Do they have guitars? No, it's just their heads. They're, they're disembodied uh, ethereal heads who, who can hear everything around them. Other people can't see or hear them, but he can <sighs> see and hear them and they can see each other. So That's terrific. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I James. You make these powers a real curse, you guys. Yeah. Who said they were all, all going to be good? We said they it's were like dumb. When Morrison made that chicken guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, in the X in his X one, yeah. Stephen Sheffer gets the patron power that if doing a puzzle, um, and they've agreed, you know, he and whoever's doing the puzzle with have agreed, like where the puzzle is going to be built, he can just pick up a piece and put it down exactly where it will end up in the final puzzle, even if it's completely disconnected to all the other pieces. So on the one hand, that's super valuable. On the other hand, I feel like there's no challenge Cheating. in the puzzle. No, it's it actually, I mean, this could be his curse. What if he, if he really likes the challenge of puzzles, he's lost that. But you could literally just give him a stack of pieces and he could just set them down one at a time in the exact right spot and the puzzle would come together perfectly. All right. No, it only works with puzzles, jigsaw puzzles. Does it only work, because you said at the beginning he had to agree with somebody. So this only work if he's in a joint puzzle project with somebody else i mean i feel like we've all been working on a puzzle and then there's that person who wants to see it from a different angle so they like rotate it 180 degrees and that's gonna throw him even on a lazy susan sort of situation 
maybe if it was on a lazy Susan, maybe if there was like a, a centralized pivot point that was uh, the pivot point was stable. I think that he could work with that. So let me ask you a question. Does anyone want to do a puzzle with Steven? I it depends. I mean, I no one does. Well, little kids often like to do things until they realize it's difficult and then they don't want to do it. <laughs> so maybe in this instance, he would be good because the kid would feel like, hey, we did this great. We did this big puzzle together. That was awesome. But really, the kid didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I have had uh, uh, my wife loves pu- loves a puzzle, yeah. but we've worked on puzzles with other people. And every once in a while, you'll you'll get somebody who just wants once the perimeter's finished, they're out, and they don't they don't want to put in the time to finish what they started. <laughs> Fired up here. <laughs> now imagine that in a Manchester accent, and that's a little of what James Earnshaw has to go through. <laughs> so, our next patron, Aurelian. Gillard, I feel like it doesn't even need a power. Your power is your name is awesome. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and just say, if that's a French name, it's Aurelien Gaillard. I, it could be. It's a good name. Aurelien's power is, do you know how like Jamie Madrox can make a copy of himself? Uh-huh. So Aurelien's power is that every copy is 1.5% smaller and dumber and weaker. So like multiplicity. Yeah, but, I was thinking multiplicity too. Multiplicity, but That's slower. Funny. Just a little. It's one point five percent. Now it's, yeah, it's, how... it's it's cumulative. So the next time it's one point five percent of the last one. Oh, it, hmm. is it? Does that make it exponential, Doctor? No, it's not exponential. It's not three okay. percent the next time. It's one point five percent off of one point five percent. Okay, so it's linear. Yes. Is it linear? Like so? I don't know the math on this. So the next one is ninety-eight point five percent. As smart as the first one. So then the second one, is it... Is 98.5% of 98.5%. Is that the oh. same as 97%? No. There's a curve that happens somewhere. Yeah, that's geometric, I think. I think that's a geometric curve instead of an exponential curve. So slightly slower, faster than linear, not as quite as uh, fast as exponential. But if there's okay. a mathematician listening, they can write in. The, I mean, the thing is, the real, the real stuff is about eight or nine down. It starts to get dumb, and then it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but the question I, I mean the real question I want to know the theoretical limit here so if it's because you said physically smaller as well too ooh, yeah, right yeah yeah. so do we eventually get subatomic like could he is this a challenger of the unknown sort of thing could we send a copy of him a very dumb copy of him into a the tiny microphone? tiny stupid Aurelian <laughs> uh, Aurelian, Aurelian <laughs> please get in touch I've got research ideas we can work on together I, I, you could answer questions, though, with that. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, uh, A, just studying the power is going to be fascinating. But B, the places we'll be able to send your copies as they get smaller and dumber. Um, you know, we can put one up in the trees with the sloths to, to observe their behavior. Your tiny copy is completely useless. What can I say? He's, <laughs> he's, he's not smart. I told you. <laughs> Calls everybody Steve. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can go. <laughs> Get your dumb superpower. Uh, thanks to everyone who supports us. We really do appreciate it. Uh, he keeps the show going. Uh, I'm just going to do this part as Josh laughs. <laughs> Patreon.com slash iFanboy. As we said, that's where you can go and, and give to support the show. Our next stretch goal is a non-comics media podcast. And we're much closer than we were last week because... There's currently a pledge drive happening on the Patreon's private Facebook group, and if you're not, if you're a patron, 
and you're not part of that group, you should you should join up. You can find the information on on the Patreon page. They decided amongst themselves they really wanted that non-comics media show, so they all decided to up their pledge by a dollar. And they figured if every patron did that, they, we could get to it. So if you're interested in doing that, that's happening right now. There's a pledge drive happening on Patreon's Facebook group. Also, if you're really into the whole pledge drive thing, you can go over to the Threadless store and buy one of our shirts, but as a tote bag. That's true. At fanboy.threadless.com, that's where you can find our shirts, six shirts. Actually, as you listen to this, it'll probably be seven. We're going to release the shirt... On the day this comes out, I'm not going to tell you what it is in case it doesn't go, it goes wrong and the surprise is ruined. But I found that's where you can find our seven shirt designs. I found by logo, Herm, Pick of the Week podcast ratings. If one is Electro, GDAT, and then our new shirt, which is out, should be out now. If you check it out, it'll be there. Or if, if, if you're listening to this early in the day, it might be there in the evening. It'll be there at some point uh, very quickly. So check that out at the t-shirt store. And finally, ifanboy.com slash support. That's where you can help us out uh, via PayPal. Donate directly or fanboy.com slash Amazon. You can buy the books we talk about in the show as well as find a general link to Amazon there. So thank you very much. We ran out of time to do emails. Somebody asked about my Theodore Roosevelt shirt. The answer is T Public. There you go, Andrew. That was for you. Let's move along. <laughs> Andrew B. wrote in about this. Josh posted a Theodore Roosevelt t-shirt <laughs> and it's a T Public. There you go. I don't know that I want that to be the forum for that kind of question, but I can be helpful in this one. So... Show's coming up. Ryan and Paul and I are going to be talking about Suicide Squad Hell to Pay. And it'll be coming out this week. I think. I think that's what's happening. Ryan, are you excited? Yeah. I mean, I liked the last one. You were the you guys one. You have given me a lot of crap for yeah, suicide, the Suicide Squad animated movie not being terrible, even though you wanted it to be terrible. And we'll see if they keep the streak going. It's true. probably going to be terrible. It might be terrible. Two weeks from now, I think two weeks from now, we'll be talking about Batman Ninja which is the anime Batman, which Paul is very excited for. Look for those two animated shows happening over the next three weeks or so. I was about to tell you that the Toxplode, which is not this week coming up, but the week after. Is that mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay, so uh, I was about to say I can tell you who it is, but then I remember I haven't recorded it yet. And so until that thing's down on tape, sorry. Yeah. So that, that'll be the week after next, but it'll be someone uh, we've never talked to before who's relevant to our discussions. And also next week is Avengers Infinity War. Whew, ten years I have tickets. You have tickets. I was going to ask you. Tickets. Thursday night. So then Josh will be on the show. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Some grouping of people will be discussing Avengers Infinity War. We haven't talked about it yet, but that'll be happening probably the weekend of the movie comes out, which goes wide on the 26th, 27th. So you can look for that probably the 28th. Yes. We'll be talking about Avengers Infinity War. Yes. I do a podcast Ryan, a called show? Science Sort of. Yeah, I do a podcast called Science Sort of. You can go to sciencesortof.com to get that. It's also on iTunes. And uh, I was just a guest uh, doing a live on YouTube sloth Q&A with the guys who do the Common Descent podcast, which is a paleontology-themed podcast, but I talked a lot about modern sloths. In Sometimes addition to I their, think you make stuff up. Fossil friends. No, I'll send you the link. You can watch me talk about it from, for like an hour and a half uh, from my car because I was on the road. So I just set up a mobile mobile live stream studio. In While you were driving? Seat. No, my friend was driving. Oh. And I was, yeah, using my phone hotspot and all my, the same podcast equipment I'm using right now, just on my lap in my passenger seat driving down the and road. And you're Talk saying we can watch that for a whole hour and a half, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the internet Did likes actually sloths, work? Josh. No, I know that. Did it actually, like, work from a bandwidth standpoint? Yeah. 
It's amazing. I haven't, I haven't gone back and watched it, but I, I was able to hear everything they said, and I had a good time doing it and answered some fun sloth questions. People were very surprised. I won't tell you guys the answer, but they were very surprised by my answer to the question, what does sloth hair feel like? Mm-hmm. Wet sand. I hate sand. Gets everywhere. <laughs> Head over to iFanboy.com. You can find all of our podcasts. There's not a lot of sloth material in there, but apparently there's an outlet for that if you're into it. Find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out by liking us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash iFanboy and following at iFanboy on Twitter. And, of course, you can follow us individually at J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, C.S. Kilpatrick is on Instagram. Haupt, H-A-U-P-T, on Twitter. And Ryan Haupt, as opposed to the shirt clothing brand, on Instagram. And finally, if you like the show, any show, our show, Science Sort of, any podcast you listen to, please write a review on iTunes or, or just leave a star rating. Either one of those helps people find podcasts. It's one of the most important things you can do to help your favorite show. It helps people find them. The more reviews and ratings, the better. So introduce your friends, your mom, your comic ratings. store people, your fellow scientists. Ryan, if, when you're doing your dissertation, when you're doing your uh, Q&A, you should make sure to drop iFanboy as many times as you can in the answers to the questions. Sounds good. I'll wear, I'll wear my old intern shirt that I still have as an undershirt nice. to whatever I'm wearing. More importantly, it still fits. It still fits. It's uh, the armpits are starting to get a little, little stained, guys. Uh-huh. So I might need to, might need to update it soon. But I still have it. Still says intern. I might have a thousand of them downstairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Someone out there, make a list. <laughs> I'm reminding you now because in the middle of the show, you're like, oh, it's funny. Maybe I'll do that. Now's the time. That's true. All right, everyone. Thank you, Ryan, for doing the show. We appreciate. It. We always like having you on. And uh, thanks you for and having will, me. You and I will talk this week. And until that. I'm Connor. I'm Josh.